And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dub on the Yelp, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Monday, September 20th, 2021. No, you were not listening to the Monday Night Football podcast that you thought you were listening to. This is Dump on the Yump, a baseball podcast, and this is the B-Block. We have no topics to talk about, so we're going to make something up. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, uh, and I am watching Monday Night Football. I got it on in the background as we record, so if anything cool happens, I'll tell you about it. Green Bay, Detroit. Green Bay, Detroit. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird Monday night football pairing, but I guess not to the like northern Midwest. I mean, they're in the same division. Green Bay is usually one of the bigger draws, I would say. Detroit has been bad for my entire lifetime. Motor City. Motor City. Right. Jerry Wright. Wait, Jerry Rice? Right. No, Jerry Rice is 49ers. They had Barry Sanders, uh, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Barry Sanders. Right. And the thing about the Detroit uh, Lions, you know, and I'm not a Detroit guy, I'm not an NFL guy, but it seems to me that they wasted the careers of at least two of the greatest NFL players of all time. Barry Sanders at running back and Calvin Johnson at wide receiver. I don't know. I feel like those guys had pretty good careers. But they never went to the playoffs or won playoff games or competed right. in championships. That's my point. And they were always yeah, paired so. with, like, well, especially Calvin Johnson. I think I was a little too young to appreciate Barry Sanders. Uh, yeah. Interesting thing about the NFL, when I watch, you know, this is like an old head kind of thing telling me how great Bo Jackson was, how great um, Barry Sanders was, Herschel Walker, at least in college. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know these dudes. Right. Tim Brown, mostly running backs, I think. Yeah, like what was their war? How do I understand what right. you're saying if you won't yeah. even tell me their war? Well, and I also think football just functioned differently in the 70s, 80s, early 90s in that a running back could dominate the way the game was played. If you had a dominant running back, you could control the game in a way that you really can't today. I feel like you still can. I mean, you're a big Christian McCaffrey fan. I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan. What other dominant running backs? Derrick Henry? He's pretty good. Maybe I'm wrong. Kamara? Yeah, for the Saints. They got some passes handed to them, though. Yeah. I, like, the thing that comes to mind that's more modern is, um, what's his name, who beat up his kid? Adrian Peterson. Yeah. (laughs) That guy, when he was on the field in, you know, his prime, it was, like, his show. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I wish he hadn't beat up his kid. Right. Um, but they, I mean, you know, I think the thing about incredible running backs like that is they don't kind of come around all the time. Okay, I could agree with that. Also, you got to get lucky because we talked about this a little bit in the A block in regards to Tom Brady. A running back takes a lot of damage. Like a running right. back can't avoid a hit. They got to take a hit. So unless you are a combination of good health, like just healthy and lucky, even a great running back will probably have a relatively short NFL career. Right. My, my guy actually is Marshawn Lynch. Sure. Like one of the beast mode, mode, one of the greatest of all time. Even he had a pretty short NFL career. Isn't he still playing though? No, he's not playing. He tried to come back with the um, Raiders a couple of years ago, played like half a season and then was no good. And then I think he signed a 
like a 10-day contract with the Seahawks just to retire as a Seahawk. That guy's oh. a genius, though. He, he's the greatest. Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. All right. Yeah, he was a game changer. Yeah. He, he got his Super Bowl. Should have gotten two if they would have handed it to him on that last play instead of throwing it right to uh, the New England. Should have, could have, would have. Should have, could have, would have. Every day. Nope. I ain't complaining. I'm not a Seahawks fan. I know Seahawks fans on this podcast right now. Unlike Thomas. Or Marin. Or Marin. Both huge Seahawks fans. Jesse. (coughs) No, he's a Bill. Jesse's a Bills fan. Jesse. Our Jesse? Yeah, because he's Seahawks. Huge Seahawks fans. Seahawks, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of Seahawks fans in our midst. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the Seahawks are terrible. Uh, they okay. So yes, sure, fine. Uh, but they are the only NFC West team right now with a loss. After two weeks, the NFC is two and zero, two and zero, two and zero, one and one. And I'm pretty sure the Seahawks lost to the Tennessee Titans in overtime. They did. But, yeah. So the NFC West is fucking stacked this year. I think that's, you know, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams. Who's the quarterback for the Rams? It's not that that young guy anymore, is it? Right. Jared Joff? Yeah. Right, because he's the quarterback for this team that I'm watching right now. Right. I think they might have just swapped quarterbacks, honestly. I think it's the guy who used to be the quarterback for Detroit. Because do you remember, we talked about this when the Rams lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? Did we? A cu- well, oh, yeah. In the most yeah, yeah, because Matt, Bowl yeah, the they time. did. They just fucking swapped quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford is the quarterback for the Rams. I hate that guy. Really? Yeah, I hate Matthew Stafford. He's I, still playing? He shouldn't be. I mean, he had a good game, but fuck that guy. Um, he, uh, he's still the – he's okay. He was Why do you hate him? Let's get into this. Why do you hate him? Uh, because he is – he played in the Big 12, I think. And, like, there's this whole breed of – quarterbacks who come out of like Nebraska or Kansas and everyone's like oh this guy's really good and he's not he's not Andy Dalton I hate Andy Dalton he's the same breed of quarterback he's not good he's a tall white guy with a big forehead that doesn't make him good and he's just I mean I don't want to take any of the wind out of your sails because I feel like you got a really good yeah. I feel like you got a really good thing going right now, but Matthew Stafford played his college ball in Georgia. So okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Still, I think I. Sorry. But, yeah, yeah. Sorry to be the one. To uh, tell Blaine you. Gabbert. Who who's got Blaine Gabbert on there? I don't team? know who that is. I'm gonna Google him. He's another guy. This guy has never been a good quarterback. Blaine Gabbert. He played for Central Florida. So so yeah, my Midwest thing is. Falling apart as I keep talking. Blaine and Gabbert. what was it? The Pac-12? No, the Big Twelve. What is the te- The one that you hate? Big Twelve. Big Twelve. Blaine Gabbard. I guess he's the backup to Tom Brady now. Good. That's what. He, that's what he should be. Blaine Gabbard should be the backup to Tom Brady. That makes sense. He was the first <laughs> pick with the tenth overall pick in 2011. He was born in Missouri. He played college football in Missouri. He's the guy I really hate. I hate Blaine Gabbard. I like this guy's gonna be good. This guy's gonna be good. And he, he gets, I guess what I hate is that they get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Right. Because they're tall never, white guys. Because they're tall white guys. That's all they are. Oh my God. So fucking furious about this. Okay. Yeah. Tall uh, white for guys. Those of you, 
those of you who don't know, last night Joel was radicalized by the the anti-short person. Heightism. Oh yeah. Heightism. Yeah. Heightism. We do need to talk Who's, about. Joel is, now, Joel is now radicalized against heightism. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. But I want to continue this rant. Because they're okay. all good, like Josh Allen for the Bills. I think that yes. guy's pretty good. Um, Justin Hood. Is he, though? I think so. I mean, maybe I'm fucking wrong. I think he's got a lot of talent. And I think the Bills, like, they were good, what, they were really good last year. The year before that, they were pretty good, right? I don't remember. I honestly think the Buffalo Bills have a good thing going. Right now. I think they will see. They whooped Miami, right? <clears throat> um, uh, Justin I don't know. Hilbert, who was an Oregon Duck, and he's a tall white guy who plays for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think he's good. That's because he went to Oregon. Um, right. Well, you know what it is, is that Tom Brady came out of Michigan. Yeah, in, in the 106th pick. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when they weren't, were wearing soft helmets still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now everyone's like, ah, this guy kind of looks like Tom Brady. Right, he's like, he's tall and white, and he yeah. plays in middle America. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Mitchell Trubisky, fuck that guy. Um, the Jets might actually be the worst at evaluating quarterbacks. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's white, and I think he's really good. Mm. Anti-vaxxer, guaranteed. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's good at football. I don't know. They, everyone keeps saying that. I feel like it's a Aaron Judge sort of situation. Really? But yeah, he's good, really? but he's not. But he's not that good. He's not very oh, good. Okay, overrated but good. You can be good. But everybody at keeps talking about how good he is, and it's like, oh yeah, well, I mean, you're good, but you're playing for a bad team. Like you, like if you're not that good, because if you were that good, your team would be better than it is. How about this? AFC Championship, the Cleveland Browns versus the Buffalo Bills. That's cool. I'm rooting for the Bills in that game. Yeah. Lake Erie Showdown. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Call it the the Lake Erie Lake Monsters. The Lake the Lake Bake. The, the fake lake. The lake. I don't know. You tried to come up come with back. a name for the Come back. Game. I got you. Something call like. Call on someone else. <laughs> call on someone else. <laughs> so, like, two people were talking. The Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> no, I think Cleveland will be okay. Maybe they won't get to the Super Bowl, but they'll be good. Um, Tampa Bay, man. We talked about this last, last episode. They got all the adrenochrome on their side. Right. Well, you know, it's Florida. Yeah. Florida, baby. That's, oh, that's what, what they, they did talk there. about last episode, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I am really into Tom Brady's Instagram account. Right. Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. He did another one. They play at the LA Rams next week, which should be a fucking good game. Except the Rams have Dumbass motherfucker Matthew Stafford at quarterback. So, Tampa right. by 21, baby. You know, the thing about Matthew Stafford, he's a pretty good quarterback, but he'll give up a good amount of what's the word? Yards, points, interceptions. He's oh. a chucker, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> So just a update on this Monday night football game. This running back for the Packers has four touchdowns in this game. Uh, what's his name? Freeman? Jones. Jones. Okay. So whoever has his, him on their fantasy team is sitting pretty. 
Right. Well, yeah, I think the Packers are not going to be bad. Everybody was shitting on them after week one when it looks like Aaron Rodgers is like maybe just like losing games on purpose right now because he's Green Bay so much. Yeah, well, he's super depressed because he tried to get out of football to be the host of Jeopardy. Uh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy didn't want him, so he's like really depressed. Right, they wanted their like racist, misogynistic producer to be the host. So yeah, check out our episode from two weeks ago about that one. That guy who was leading the search for the new mm-hmm. host, mm-hmm. like, chose himself. Right. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, but I don't watch NFL football. We've had this conversation before. I'm a college football guy, right? And and right. I'm okay with that. I understand the moral implications of that. But my whole thing is I spend Saturday watching football all day. And then Sunday is like, do your chores, get ready for work, take a shower kind of day. Right. I I can't dedicate both a Saturday and a Sunday to watching football. Right. Otherwise, you'd never do laundry. Right. And then you still have to go to work on Monday. And what are you going to do? Wear dirty underwear? Right. If you want. Buffalo wing stained t shirt. Exactly. That you slept in. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And it seems to me that Saturdays, I mean, Jesse, I had this argument with Jesse like five or six years ago. Because for him, he's like, no, Saturday is the day for doing things, like getting shit done. And then Sunday is your day of rest and watching football, which I appreciate. But Saturday, you don't have work the next day. So you can stay up till two in the morning watching television and drinking beer. Right. But see, when I was a football watching guy, I always felt like Sunday was the best day for it because Saturday is not a day that you just want to like sit around and watch TV all day. Saturday is the day that you like go do stuff, not like your laundry, but like hang out with your friends, Uh go, you know, go out to a show or whatever. Like Saturday is the day, the first day of your weekend is the day you want to do stuff, you know. That's not watching TV. And then the next day is your day of rest where you like sit on your couch, watch football and do laundry. You're like, oh, no, I can't. I got to I got to do laundry today. And that's your excuse for watching TV all day. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I appreciate that. I like, yeah, definitely. Laundry is your excuse. Right. Yeah. I also, (sighs) maybe this is my bad. But I don't understand brunchers. Okay. Because they go out at what, 11 or noon, right? And then you start drinking. But then don't you have responsibilities in the afternoon? Do they just do like, you got to run an errand, you got to go to the dry cleaners, you got to get ready for the week. And I'm talking, specifically about Sunday brunch. I guess in my head, Sunday is the day to like prepare yourself for the week to come. Right, I just don't feel that like a couple of mimosas is gonna stop you from doing your errands. Right. But But, you know, that's just me. But like, you know, two Bloody Marys turns into three and then you need a scotch and then (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. Now we're doing just Jaeger. <laughs> Not everyone has like the same sort of like really degenerative drinking habits that you do, Joel. <laughs> we just go. We just gotta go. Once you start, it's like once you start drinking, it's like you only escalate until you're dead, until you literally die. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like one Bloody Mary turns into two, which turns into three, and then you have a scotch, and then you shoot some heroin and <clears throat> drop a couple tabs of Molly. I don't understand people who don't think that way. 
And then, and then it's 10 o'clock on the Sunday night. And you're like, oh, fuck, I can't go to work tomorrow. You're like, I'm tripping so hard right now. Right. This is why I don't do brunch. And that's why Joel doesn't do brunch. It always ends up with me on Molly on the Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Like you wake up and you've rewritten your entire lesson plan. Yeah, just <clears throat> screaming at the Green Bay Packers on the television. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, brunch right. is fine. Brunch is fine. Yeah. Brunch is fine. It's kind of a you know, it's a nice thing to do if you feel like doing one more thing on your weekend before you do your chores. Yeah. Go out to brunch, or maybe you're hungover. It's really good if you're hungover and you like my eggs at two o'clock in the afternoon, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> All you want is a Bloody Mary and like eggs Benedict. Right. That's what brunch is for. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Like, okay, because like a Bloody Mary is salty, right? Yeah. Like, or tomato, like citrus and salt. Like, what is it about it that makes it a breakfast drink? I don't know. I think, I think that, I don't know. Yeah. Is it just, just kind of just hearty? It's like a hearty thing. Because have you ever had someone come in at seven o'clock at night for dinner and be like, uh, before I have my steak, I would like a Bloody Mary place? Yes, that has happened. Okay. Um, but it's not regular. I think that the more interesting thing about the Bloody Mary is how it became a, uh, like, that's the drink you have on a flight. That's what I don't understand. Oh, that's really interesting. Huh. I, I think I've told you this before. Uh, virgin Bloody Marys are what I drink on flights. Yeah, no, we've talked about it on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah. But I don't understand how the... <clears throat> I don't understand how that happens. I mean, tomato juice has a very unique and particular flavor to it, right? Right. It's like that. And, and also texture. And texture, yeah. Which is the same with mimosa. If you've got pulpy orange juice, you, I mean, it's not, I feel like you don't have the tartness, no. Hmm. Tomato juice is really weird. I like it. I really like tomato juice, but it's weird. What would you call a drink that was a mimosa, but with tomato juice instead of orange juice? Disgusting. It might be good. A champagne and tomato juice? Yeah, champagne and tomato juice. Sounds like the nastiest thing ever. Uh, Like... Name Bloody I mean, Fizz? No. I mean, because you can have a Bloody Mary with tequila. Those are pretty good. It's a Bloody Maria. Yeah, those are good. I'm trying to think of other cocktails that include tomato juice, and that's all I can come up with. I think we might be onto something with this champagne and tomato that sounds, juice. That sounds absolutely fucking disgusting, Sam. I just, you just need to get a catchy name and then... Take a selfie of you drinking one, Joel, with your tits out on Instagram, and then it'll become a thing. Right. You almost made me spit take on that one. <laughs> That's how these things happen. Yeah. How about um, blood and bubbles? Huh? I just don't think it's good because champagne huh? is sweet, right? Champagne is a sweet alcohol, and no, it's, it's also sweet. What do you, I mean, if you get sweet champagne, but champagne's usually pretty dry. I mean, that's what I like. I just don't think you can mix it with lemonade, orange juice. I mean, I also don't like mimosas because, like, why are you watering down your champagne and your orange juice at the same time? <laughs> Again, Joe. <laughs> this is not like a race to blackout drunk that we're talking about here. I don't, I don't understand the concept behind most cocktails. <clears throat> Except for martinis. Those make so sense. A spritzer. 
It's like a shandy, you know? Yeah. It's like a daytime drink. You don't want to like get too drunk too fast. Right. Throw a little orange juice in there, get your vitamin C. Right. And champagne, which is just wine. So, you know, what? Champagne, which is just wine and what's wine? Usually a little bit lower alcohol wine. Dodie proof, 15%. What's the alcohol content of champagne? 15%? No, champagne is lower. Champagne's like 11 or 12, probably. And most wines like 13, 4. I mean, it's not that, you know, it's probably like a percentage point or two less than most wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you done brunch? Have you gone out to brunch recently? We, me and Michelle go out to brunch every other weekend, probably. Yeah. Probably. And are you an egg bended guy? Is that your go-to? Uh, no, generally not. Oh, what is the your... thing about brunch? The thing about brunch, which makes it really easy for me as a chef, like professionally, is that like everybody serves the same thing. It's like an agreed-upon thing that everybody's going to have their own sort of take on brunch dishes, you know? Yeah. So it's easy to write a brunch menu. You just gotta do like, so, oh, this is our eggs benedict and this is our whatever. Chicken and waffle. Uh, these are our omelets, whatever. Um, so usually if I go out to brunch, there's usually something on a brunch menu that's like, the one thing that each restaurant does that's their own like creation you know yeah um and so i usually will go with that if it looks good or i get corned beef hash pretty often um i also just like eggs like if they have a like eggs and potatoes and toast and sausage you know yeah 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 i'll get that uh what about you what's your brunch go to other than like a pint glass filled with ice and vodka right. and like <clears throat> a line of cocaine. Yeah. Well, I'm and some heroin. Like a, and some like, heroin just to balance you out. Right. I got to do the speedball. Um, I am the most boring person when you take me out to breakfast or brunch. I will look at every item on the menu and then get like eggs over easy and bacon. Right. Like yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah. But also, like, when I go out to eat, I really don't like to eat stuff that I have readily available in my home already. Yeah, you know? I like that. And, and as you know, you're a chef and you talk about you put effort into these creative dishes and then everybody orders whatever, the Eggs Benedict or... Like, Our biggest seller at brunch right now is the huevos rancheros, probably, and the oh. chicken chicken on a biscuit, which is really good. Yeah, those both sound good, but I actually love huevos rancheros. Yeah, we we do really good huevos rancheros. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it might be one of my favorite dishes on any of our menus, actually. Yeah, is it vegetarian or meat? Uh, vegetarian. Yeah, but it's like. Uh, spicy refried beans and then three like mini quesadillas on corn tortillas uh-huh. and then two over easy eggs uh we do like a green sauce which is like tomatillo avocado cilantro sauce uh-huh. and then a red sauce which is like tomatoes dried pepper dried chili peppers uh coriander Mm. And then lettuce and onions and queso fresco. And it's so fucking good. Coriander. Interesting. Um, so good. So we had this conversation off camera the other day, and I wanted to bring it up again. So uh, someone on Twitter asked what your three favorite spices are. And right. you, like, we had this conversation. But- so- for you, Which is a stupid question. Yeah, okay. Why is, yeah, that's what you were saying. Why is that a stupid question? Well, because it's like, what is a spice? You know what I mean? Right. What is a spice? 
What? I don't know. It's like there's no kind of standard definition for it. Like, is paprika a spice? Not really. Maybe and you, you would think definitely is. like oregano is not a spice. Rosemary's oregano not a spice. is not a spice. Paprika is not a spice. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, paprika is an herb. I mean, paprika is a pepper. Like Hungarian paprika is something I put on almost everything I cook. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Right. It's a little too broad. It's a little too, what's the word? Broad. So if you had a narrow depth, go ahead. And stupid, I was going to say. Okay. If you had a narrow definition of spice, what would your three favorite spices be? I don't know if spices are like, I mean, what are spices? They're like seeds and berries, dried berries and seeds. Uh Is that what it is? I don't know. Maybe some bark. <clears throat> does it? Is it just have to be dry? Like, does it have or to like come from cinnamon? India? You're saying cinnamon is a spice. Cinnamon's a bark, right? Right. What about uh, cumin? Cumin's a spice. Cumin would be a spice. Yep. What about chili powder? No, I don't think so. What about turmeric? I mean, you know, like spice, like. K2, the fake weed that everybody smokes and then turns into a zombie. Uh, okay, what about it? Is that a spice? I don't know. I'm going to go. Do you want me to Google this? Like, there's got to be <laughs> like, an answer to this. Okay, question. the definition an aromatic or pungent vegetable substance used to flavor food. That seems like a broader. Definitely. That seems broader than what I think of them as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, because like human, you are a human guy. For me, it yeah, was, like human. I think I said Hungarian paprika, cumin, and then I think I said tarragon because I really like tarragon. Right. But tarragon probably would not be a spice in your. Well, that's an herb. Is it also a spice? I don't know. Um, now you had been saying like cumin is your go-to, I feel. Right. And then you were talking about black pepper, which is awesome. Yeah, I like black pepper a lot. And yeah. allspice I like. And allspice. Now what is allspice? Is it just allspice or is it a it's like a It's like a warm spice. It kind of tastes like uh, it kind of tastes like Somewhere in the middle of like cloves, nutmeg, cinnamon, all of those flavors. Right. Thanks. Kind of tastes like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but it's a main, like, it's interesting because it's a main um, seasoning for jerk chicken. Oh, I didn't know that. And so living in this neighborhood as I have for so long, I've like, I think I subconsciously through my jerk chicken intake really um, became to like the taste of allspice. Cool. Oh, like uh, also um, plantains. <laughs> and also plantains. I feel like that was a little less subconscious though. Yeah, plantains are fucking delicious. But I, I assume that they cook them with allspice. Yeah, probably. No, they probably just deep fry it. That's what I think. But where does the glaze come from? Like that sugary glaze? I don't think that there's really a glaze. I think it's just a... I think it's just a... The flavor of the plantain. Deep fried plantain. Deep fried plantain. I'm hungry. I want to eat some deep fried plantain real bad. I think I can buy them too. All right, you want to talk about aliens? Sure. So uh, you've, you've had an aliens thing this whole time, and we've just been talking about random spices from Twitter. Yeah, you got yeah, and brunch. 
Brunch? Yeah. Um, okay, so this has been going around, though. So this is from September 1st in the New York Times, but it's an updated thing that they've been reporting on uh, frequently, which is uh, the U.S. government slowly revealing the reports that they've been collecting on UFOs over the last right. decades, right? And the whole question is, what the fuck are these things? And essentially, the U.S. Navy is saying, we don't know what they are. Right. So I'm going to read uh, three paragraphs here. Last year, lawmakers inserted a provision in the Intelligence Authorization Act that said the government must submit an unclassified report on what it knows about UFOs. That report is the one to be released this month. Officials briefed on the report said it also examined video that shows a white-ish oval object described as a, quote, giant tic-tac about the size of a commercial plane encountered by two Navy fighter jets off the coast of San Diego in 2004. In that incident, pilots reported an interaction with the craft, which lasted for several minutes. At one point, the object peeled away, and one of the pilots, Commander David Flavor, later said in an interview with the Times, it accelerated like nothing I've ever seen. Huh. So these Navy pilots are encountering these UFOs with high frequency. And if the UFOs are secret government vehicles, experience, right. they are at a level that even these elite Navy pilots have no idea how they're doing this. Right. Or they're aliens. Right. Or it's John Denver. Which covers both, right? We are on right. record saying that John Denver is an alien. Right. Who flew experimental aircrafts for the U.S. government. Yes. So what do you think? I mean... Have you seen the footage of these Tic Tac UFOs? They look like Tic Tacs. Uh, yeah, I did. I've seen a couple of videos. Yeah. And you know, my girlfriend's dad is a Navy pilot, so maybe I'll ask him about it. Where was he stationed, do you know? San Diego. Yeah, yeah, a lot of this happens. San Diego, Virginia, and Florida. Now that it happens around like Navy bases would suggest that it's like, oh, these other dudes are doing, uh, excuse me, super secret high tech experiments and not telling the other guys. No, but that's just bullshit. Like, that's like the, if you test for COVID, you're going to find more COVID like argument. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not that they're not there. It's just that you're not, you don't see them because there aren't a ton of like fighter jets flying there. Oh, know? okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. <clears throat> it's a fallacy. It's yeah, a yeah. Trumpian, it's a Trumpian fallacy. I gotcha. I understand. Yeah. Here you go. This will support your argument. Two paragraphs. Navy pilots were often unsettled by the sightings. In one encounter, strange objects, one of them like a spinning top moving against the wind, which just, that's what a UFO is, right? Right. Appeared almost... That's no, a fly, flying saucer. That's a flying saucer. Appeared right. almost daily from the summer of 2014 until March 2015, high in the skies over the East Coast. Navy pilots reported to their superiors that the objects had no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, but they could reach 30,000 feet at hypersonic speeds. Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an FA-18 Super Hornet pilot, who was with the Navy for 10 years, told the New York Times these things would be out there all day. With the speeds he and other pilots observed, he said, 
12 hours in the air is 11 hours longer than we would expect. Right. Like they're seeing this shit daily. Right. And they can't explain it. Huh. Are the Maybe aliens... they got to stop going to brunch with Joe Wright. <laughs> or they need to start going to brunch with Joe Wright. And then right. they're like, that's fine. It's cool. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. And just drink three Bloody Marys, take a couple shots of scotch, drop some Molly, and then drive your FA right. supersonic Hornet fighter jet. There was a. <clears throat> what was that TV show? There was a TV show where that was a theme and it got canceled after one season, unfortunately. Wait, what was the theme? Well, there was like two of the characters with these fighter pilots, and one of them was like a drug dealer on a on the aircraft carrier that they were on. Huh. And then like his buddy, the the gunner or whatever, who flew in his plane with him, like just had taken so many drugs for some reason, and then they had like an emergency flight that they had to do, and uh-huh. they were both like really high. I mean, I assume that they also pump up these fighter pilots with, like, amphetamines constantly. You'd think so. Yeah. Which probably isn't great either, but you need those. Or is it? I mean, like, they're just vehicles that are, you know, pushing the American porn, you know, Policies agenda. Right. So if they get burnt out on speed at the age of 35, that's not my problem. <laughs> that's your tax dollars. That's my tax dollars at work. And I want my tax dollars at work to find those aliens. That's what I want. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I will gladly pay whatever it takes to find the goddamn aliens. Because I think they're out there. <coughs> TV show is called The Brink. The Brink. Huh. So was it like a Top Gun kind of concept or what? No, it was a... The main character was Tim Robbins who played the Secretary of State. Oh, yeah. And it was like the, you know global crises but two of the characters were fighter pilots on a on an aircraft carrier i think that's like a fallout from the whole independence day where because i feel like after independence day there were several movies and tv shows where the main characters were like the president and the fighter pilot right yeah all right, uh, we should wrap this up. Um, man, I cooked that chicken. I had chicken and green beans and potatoes in my lunchbox today, and it was the most delicious. Like, how delicious and hearty is it when you're at work and you're like, it's lunchtime and I got 30 minutes. I've got a roast chicken leg, a bunch of green beans, and potatoes. That sounds good. And like that's like the like that will get power you through the rest of the afternoon. Totally. Yeah. What? So, how long is your work day? Just out of curiosity. Um, uh, uh seven. Well, we had staff meetings today, so I'm supposed to get there at seven twenty. School starts at seven fifty. The school day is seven fifty to two thirty five. Um, I'm required to stay there until 3.05 and but today we had a staff meeting from 3 to 4 and I left probably at 4.30 today. So that's an 8 hour day right? A 9, nine hour day ish? 7.30 to 4 8 and a half yeah. Huh. 
half hour seems short for a lunch break in a nine hour yeah. day. Yeah. 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 We only get a half hour lunch break. It's annoying. Gotta talk to your union about that. I know. The problem is that they can't give the students, well, I mean, they could, but they don't want to give, like, our lunch break is a student's lunch break. And so they don't want to give the students an hour long lunch break. Right. I, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't take any breaks, so. Right, right. But also, I've been, I've been fighting really hard this year to, like, I'm out by 4 o'clock. There have been years where, like, you do 7 to 5. Like, you do 10-hour days. Like, right. I know colleagues who, like, and I've done it in the past. I'm trying to not do that this year. But there are teachers who, who regularly put in. 10 hour day. Yeah, you're almost, you're a tenure almost. I, uh, I am tenure. Oh, ten, oh, oh I mean, you're a tenure. You are tenure. I am tenure. So you could leave whenever you want. They can't do anything to you. Yeah, yeah, right. Roll in at 749, leave at 236. Yeah, that's the life. I actually, I've got colleagues who do that and I look up to them a lot. I'm like, nice. <laughs> Why don't you do that? I'm not good enough. I don't have my shit together quite quite enough. Right. I'm, I'm getting there, trying to get there. Uh, and do you work at home sometimes too, or not really? I try not to. I know other right. teachers who do. Like, that's the other thing is I really am like, no, I'm not taking this home with me. Some people work better that way. Like, I know people are like, I'm taking this home, I'm grading it while I watch. Desperate Housewives. Right. And that's like how they roll. For me, I, I prefer, I would rather be like, oh shit, I have to grade all these papers. I'm going to stay at the building until six and then go home and not think about it. Right. Like that's me. Like I'd rather do that than come home with all my papers and have to grade them while I watch Desperate Housewives because I love right. Housewives. Um, and that that for me was also like the COVID year, the, the remote learning year was hard for me. It was hard for everyone, but specifically it was hard for me because I'm sitting right now. I'm on Zoom right now at work, but I'm in my bedroom. Right. Like there there was no distinction between the workspace and yeah. the space. Uh, which I'm really scared about in the future because Zoom's not going away even when COVID does. And regardless of teachers, I hope that we're able to maintain boundaries between the workspace and the home space. Yeah. Well then my brother who has children, he you know, the the whole pandemic thing and working from home has really been pretty great for him in a lot of ways because mm. um, even though they're back now, I think he's do, they're doing like a hybrid model at his office. So he's home a number of days a week. And he, and he said that he loved it. He got, and, you know, it's good for his family. He gets to help out a little bit when he wouldn't have been able to in the past during the day, lunches or whatever. But the problem is that even when he's not at work, he's still at work. And people like yes. don't kind of respect that designation in this era of everybody's at home doing their work. Um, whereas like, you know, people wouldn't necessarily call them outside of business hours now that everyone feels totally fine about it. That's a huge thing. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I've got coworkers and colleagues who actually really thrived uh, teaching on Zoom. They loved it. They could spend more time with, like, especially folks who have to commute to the building. You know, right, I have you to have commute. To my, commute, my commute's like eight minutes. But I've right. got coworkers who commute 30, 40 minutes. And they really liked being able to teach via Zoom. Right. Uh, and, and, like, get to see their kids off to school, kind of, you know, or their kids were in the other room on Zoom kind of things. Right. 
Um, and I appreciate that. I actually would advocate for giving students, families, and teachers a choice. Like if you wanted, like we had floated with this in our district, but decided against it. And I don't know if I agree with this decision. Like this year, I would have liked it if like parents could try to sign their kids up. Like I wanted to do and teachers could volunteer like, okay, I'll be the Zoom teacher because I like that, you know, because some did, some did. I didn't. I, right. I would fucking hate teaching by Zoom, but I know people who actually thrived at it. Right. Well, and I would not. Well, and there are okay. kids who thrived at it. You know, you're talking about middle schoolers. I mean, if you're getting bullied in seventh or eighth grade, some kids might really like to be like, hey, mom, can I just log into my Zoom account and listen to my teacher for 45 minutes? So I don't right, But doesn't that like, isn't that detrimental socially or no? It depends what, on the kid. It depends. Is it more detrimental to go to school and get bullied socially or is it more detrimental to not go to school? It depends on the kid. It depends on the situation. In general, I would say no. One of the things you learn the most between ages 12 and 14 is socialization. Right. But there are kids who are like, I, like I've like i got one student in my mind who they get in trouble all the time at school. But when they were doing Zoom last year, they never got in trouble and they got all their work done. Right. So there are certain students where this could be a successful educational model for them. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if, if, if I know nothing about the student or the context or the situation, I would argue like, well, part of going to public middle school is you get to be in a setting with a diverse group of peers of different classes, races, backgrounds, etc. That's the idea. Right. Because like, you know, you learn about, you know, y equals mx plus b and identifying theme, but you know, really you learn how to deal with other people that you disagree with without punching them in the face. Right. Like that's the most important skill you learn in middle school. Yeah, I guess that I mean that's the way I feel about it too. So that was, um, we should probably end this episode, but as a teacher, was it hard for you when you got to school kind of, because like you were the most popular kid in your, like every school you've ever been to, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Right. So did you have a hard time kind of like wrapping your head around the fact that school wasn't such a social place for some kids or not so much? Not so much. That's a yeah. That's a interesting. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, because I mean, it's maybe eight years ago I would have had a hard time with that concept. Uh-huh. Um, but 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 after nine years of teaching middle school, like people are different. Right. And different people have different needs and different strengths and different abilities. Right. Um, and again, I like I'm more like push people like while respecting their individuality, like, no, no, like you gotta be social. You gotta figure out how to deal with this unpleasant social situation. I think that's a very important lesson for early teenagers to learn. But if if you're going to school every day, and this this is a student I'm thinking of right now, this isn't bullying so much, but they're going to school every day and they're getting into a fight. Right? Right. Like a fist getting, fight? Yeah, like a fist fight. And they're getting suspended and they're getting rid up every day, every other day. But last year they were online and they quietly did their math homework and they didn't have to deal with the pressures of like, oh, I got to fight this guy when I see him in the eighth grade hallway tomorrow. Right. See that guy, I'm gonna fight him. Yeah, and there are students like that. 
Like, like we're gonna fight now. Yeah. We'll fight on the bus. That's yeah, like lots of fights take place on the bus. Um, which is why I would never want to be a bus driver, which is also why you shouldn't be surprised that there's like a national crisis level shortage of public school bus drivers right now. Right. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. Like, even if kids weren't fighting on the bus, that's a shitty job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Like, I want to respect everyone's individuality. Different kids have different needs. But the most important, I still believe the most important thing you learn in middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, is how to get along with people who are not like you. Like, you don't have to like them, but like, you, like, how do you interact with other human beings? Right. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Well, I don't envy you your job, Joel. Sounds terrible to me. Yeah, that's fine. Mostly because, like, I like kids, but I don't like spend all day surrounded by them. Sure. Like I don't really ever want to be in a scenario where I'm outnumbered by children, you know? <laughs> right, right. One thing, this is, I, I need to think about this more, but one thing is, um, I've got other colleagues who are like, they're my babies kind of attitude about middle school students. And that's something I really try to avoid. Like, they're, they're humans, they're people with the, like, I don't want to infantilize them. Um, you know, like, I am surrounded by children, that's a fact, but like, they're their own people with their own interests and likes, and they teach me about Pokemon and shit like that all the time. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Or I'm like, that's super nerdy, but okay, that's what you want to do. And that's where you get, where I get the value out of this job. Talking to people about Avatar The Last Airbender and shit like that. Or talking to people about like Chief Keith. All right. It's probably like it's probably been like an hour and a half long podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've actually stopped podcasting, and now we're just having like one of our normal conversations. <laughs> right. Anyway, we should probably wrap it up because I'm actually about to lose you due to battery shortage. Right, I gotta go to bed. No, ah, Jesus, tomorrow. So, everybody, if anyone is still listening. At the end, of good the for time. you. Good for you. Congratulations. The secret word is spoon. Ah, <laughs> uh, this has been dumped on the up ostensibly a baseball podcast. Sam, next week though we gotta talk baseball. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have what? to find an angle. Yeah, we'll have to we get. We can't it. just keep doing like playoff race updates. Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll, yeah, let's think about that. Let's get an angle. I get to ideas. Um, Thomas will be here next week. Follow us on all your social media applications, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Um, football season's going on. Baseball season's wrapping up. We're very excited about that. And uh, catch an alien, okay? Your homework this weekend. Catch an alien. Take a picture of it. Send it to me at Dump on the Up. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're still listening, <laughs> if you're still listening, catch an alien and send it to Joel. At Dump on the Up. You know, the truth, Joel, is is that like everyone's talking about these. We really got to end this. But like everyone's talking about these flying saucers and like, oh, it's aliens. Aliens are here. It's like it's not aliens. Like 
it's not we're not sending manned spacecraft to other planets like these are just you know there are no aliens in those ships that's all i'm saying oh yeah no you're probably right those are unmanned aircrafts but are they extraterrestrial yeah yeah, definitely. They're drones, right? Fatal Goose right. is sending us drones. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Planning for the invasion. Right. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>